Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Hey, we've got Sam joining us today. Yeah, hey, Sam. How's hey, it going? Sam. Hey, did did uh, did either of y'all play instruments growing up? I did not. I did clarinet for two years. Oh, okay. I, I played uh, I played the baritone all through like middle and high school. Nice. Um, you guys, you guys know what you're supposed to use to fix large brass instruments, right? No. What? Yeah. Well, you just need a tube of glue. <sighs> Sam, if you want to leave, that's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Friendly Neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by the man voted cutest podcaster in all of Braves country, Cam Matthews. How's it going tonight, Cam? What? Shaking, bacon. Oh, not too much. As you guys heard in the intro, we're also joined tonight by a friend of ours from the other side of the country, a huge Padres fan, and the face that spawned a thousand gifts, Mr. Sam Nair. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Good to have you on the show, man. Good to have you. I uh, I, I, I don't remember how like how, how so many Braves fans and Padres fans got to the point where we're all interacting on Twitter, but uh, it's it's been uh, a pretty fun adventure the last year and a half, kind of having having those those people that that share in our shenanigans on the other side of the country. Yes, very happy that we found you during that series bonded over the memes and the final score threads and all yeah, went from I, I, there. I was going to say, if there if there's one thing that Padres and Braves fans have in common, it's that we all live and die by memes. Oh, yes. 100%. <laughs> yes. And, and and we know pain. We, we yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Way too well. <laughs> we, we know horrible, horrible disappointment. Yes. Um, so I, I, I got to ask, this has to be 
Have you ever had more fun being a San Diego Padres fan than you've had in 2020, Sam? Not at all. Just looking at it from afar, it seems like that would be an absolute blast to root for that team right now. Yeah, just one, just like having players unlike we've ever seen before. Just like Tatis is just something we've, I don't think I'll ever see again. And just seeing that he's ours is amazing. But even just like we made the World Series in 98, I was a little too young to remember that. So we had a couple of years snuck into the playoffs, one other 91 season that came out of nowhere. And that's it. That's <laughs> all I've had before now. Yeah, I but I bet, you, I, I bet you wish you still had James Shields, though. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> White Sox released us in that trade. <laughs> what, so, are, uh, what, what are your feelings on Eric Hosmer? Yeah, so I was excited to get him. I knew he wasn't necessarily a superstar, but I like his leadership, his World Series experience and everything. Last couple of years, kind of turned on him. He was a ground ball machine. Um he got hot every once in a while, but never, ever put it together and also just wasn't playing as much defense. And then this year we're going in, seeing all the reports saying he's like fixed his launch angle and stuff. We're like, all right, this is something we've heard every year. But from everything we've seen, it seems like he's changed for the better and been really excited about him now. I, I have seen the nickname Launch Angle Hosmer uh, <laughs> pop yeah. up all over the Internet uh, and, and always always considered that to be pretty funny. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I distinctly remember uh, last year all most, if not all of the Padres fans that I interact with on Twitter were were ready to fire that man into the sun. Yes. Yeah, I was one of those. I still was giving him hope, but. It was hard to defend him. Like, there was maybe three of us who even had hope. So it wasn't looking good, especially the end of last year. What's what's he making this year? Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it's like 20 to 25. Because his oh, was front-loaded wow. for five years, and then he makes yeah. almost nothing the last three years if he doesn't opt out. Gotcha. Okay. Where does – so, you know, you live in a state that has, gosh, four – no, five. Five? Five, five baseball yes. Yeah, five baseball, baseball teams. teams. The same state, my God. Which yeah. is, you know, bananas to think about. Where does, you know, obviously before this year, because I'm sure there's a spike in it, but before this year, where did San Diego fall on the popularity scale for residents of California, or is it all pretty regional as far as fan bases go? Yeah, I'd say pretty regional. Um, I'm sure we probably had the least amount of fans, just obviously one, we don't have the track record. Two, we're kind of buried in Southern California, below two other teams in Southern California. Well, then, like, the whole rest of the state has, or, like, Dodgers and Giants and A's have, like, a lot more room in the state. But, I mean, even, like, just seeing my experiences in high school, there really weren't that many diehard fans, obviously also just being a transplant town. So I think we definitely rank fifth out of those in as far as popularity up until this year, at least. I was going to say, I'm sure that has changed this year. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've got the whole country now on our side. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I'm sure there are some Angels fans that consider this season going a lot better than it is. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, hey, before we get too much further, what are you guys drinking tonight? Yeah, so I've got a double IPA called Kook by Pizza Port. It's a local brewery out here. Ooh. 
Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty that San Diego. That, got a surfer on the label. That's that's one of the things that I'm most looking forward to about whenever I, I eventually make a trip out to San Diego, because I've never been down there and I, I've heard the, the beer. Scott for Scott's here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere on this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. scene is just ridiculous down there. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's one of the things that's keeping me out here. I'll definitely have to show you everything. I know, uh, I know, beer and and fish tacos. That's oh, that's yes. based, aside from Padres baseball. That's what I know about San Diego. Yep. Well, and it's like seventy eight degrees year round too. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's just plain not fair. <laughs> yeah, can't complain at all. Cam, what do you got? Uh, tonight I've got a couple of fingers worth of Evan Williams bottled and bond swig of bourbon for the working man. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll join you there. I've, I've got a nice tall glass of ice and maker's mark myself. Very nice. Nice. Very nice. Sorry. Yeah, I was, I, I forget if I told this story on the show yet or not, but, uh, for my wife and I, our birthdays are three days apart. And last year we drove up to, uh, to Louisville, Kentucky to, to see a couple of concerts, uh, that we'd wanted to get to for our birthdays. Uh, and on our way, I, of course, insisted that we stopped at some uh, distilleries. Of course, so we, of course. we wound up at, at Maker's Mark, and uh, we were able to get a couple bottles of, it's Maker's Mark 101, and they only Ooh. sell it at the distillery. And uh, as, as gimmicky as this is, I still, I still loved it. We were able to get the bottles and, and dip them in that red wax ourselves. Ooh. Well, I mean, if you go to Maker's Mark, you've got to do it. Oh, like, of course. <laughs> exactly. That's that's their thing. You've got to do it. So so that's what I'm drinking this evening. Very yeah, nice. Fair. Gonna gonna sleep good tonight. I know that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> we uh we actually we had a pretty interesting day. Went to a place we'd never been before. So there's this place in Atlanta called Fetch Dog Park, and does it it's it's. So there's a cover charge for this dog park. It's like 10 bucks a dog. But you get in there and and there are these like there are all these covered areas with like TVs that are showing all the games and everything. And there's this giant Airstream RV that's been hollowed out and they built a bar inside of it. Huh. Uh, so it, and it's like huh. it's it's this giant pad of AstroTurf and they've got like these uh these kind of big tin sort of swimming pools for the dogs in one corner and then these big running areas. So you go out there and you watch the game and have a few beers and, you know, hang out with a hundred dogs. It's, it was really fun. Nice. Well, we, we know all dogs go there. So absolutely. (laughs) That's true. Cam, what have you been up to this week? There. Oh, you know, just uh, same old, same old. Getting, getting ready for my sister's wedding next Saturday. So, Fun. reminder, I, I won't be on the show next week. So, oh, enjoy boy. it while you can. Oh boy. Uh, but you also, you, you went somewhere for the first time yesterday or the day before, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yesterday. So, uh, last night or yesterday afternoon into last night, my future brother-in-law. 
had his bachelor party hosted by his best man, one of his best friends uh, since high school. We uh, we went up to Raleigh and went to Drive Shack, and that was the first time I had actually been to uh, one of those facilities, like a Drive Shack or um, Top Golf, you know, places like that. I hadn't been one of those before. Uh, been in driving ranges before, just not like one of the entertainment type ones. That was cool. I liked it. Very fun. It's, it's a lot of fun at those places. It's, it's like if you're not an avid golfer, and and you're not trying to spend you know fifty to a hundred dollars just to get on a decent course. That that's the place to go. Those are a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I think there were there were six of us, and you know it's twenty five bucks an hour for the bay, you know, yeah. and and we all spent plenty of money on food and drink while we were there, of course, because that's where they're that's where they're making their money at. But like you know, it's just a good cheap kind of time. It it, it was a blast. Yeah, I've I've never been to a Top Golf and spent less than like a hundred dollars a head. It's just one of those places. And speaking of golf, Sam, if if your Twitter and Instagram is any is any evidence, it, it seems as though you uh you you live in a golf cart on a golf course. <laughs> I guess you could say that. Yes. <laughs> I I imagine there's a there's a lot of great golf down where you're at. Yeah, there's a decent amount. None in my city directly, so always have to drive about 20 minutes or so, but worth oh, it every time. Yeah. Yeah, there's there there aren't too many golf courses in the Atlanta city limits, but so it's a it's a little bit of a drive for me to get to one as well, but yeah. uh who was it? Was it So you're if if I'm if I'm reading things correctly, you're you're good friends with a couple of uh sports talk radio hosts out there, right? That's correct. Yeah, I'm on the Ben Wood show, um, a little more closer with Woods, but and then their okay. producer. Very so cool. I've been playing with him a few times. How do how 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 do you know those guys? Just through Twitter, actually. Oh like, no, kidding. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, I'd say like last year was when I kind of started actually meeting people through Project Twitter. I followed people for a few years, but something just kind of turned a corner last year and actually started. Getting to know people hanging out outside of Twitter, and they just right. have to be some of them too. Well, that cool. that that is uh, that that's encouraging to me. Yes, because uh, <laughs> my dream of of being best friends with Braves radio uh, commentator Ben Ingram is still alive. Oh yes, oh. you got this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You're in North Carolina, Cam. Move to the city. Man, I like where I'm at. All right. All right, well, you're not going to be friends with Ben Ingram out there. The big city life ain't for me, city slicker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, without further ado, Cam and I are going to give Sam a quick break, and we're going to run through the Braves breakdown for the week. And now, the Braves breakdown. All right, well, this week has not been without its share of excitement for our Atlanta Braves. Uh, So let's get right into it with last Monday's game. We We were at home against Miami. Uh, went into extras, ended up losing five to four. We got a two-run double out of Freddie Freeman, uh, an RBI triple out of Ender Inciarte, and a home run out of uh, Adam Duvall. Uh, Ian Anderson kind of had his first shaky start of his his career, struggled with his command a little bit, issued four walks and three innings pitched. Though he only allowed three hits and one earned run, they still pulled him a little early to make sure that that didn't snowball and and kind of affect his psyche going forward. Well, and he had the he had the the bad error uh, throwing to first, which you know in hindsight feels 
like the difference maker in that game to some extent. Yeah, and I actually heard some comments from him saying that after that error, the game kind of started to speed up on him and and it felt like it could have gotten out of control. So uh, I think that's a, that's a pretty mature thing for a guy Ian Anderson's age to 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 be able to recognize. Um, and and even though the Braves ended up losing the game, uh, we'll we'll talk about later on. It it did not affect Ian Anderson long term. So from there, we're back at home on Tuesday facing Miami again and seeing their new star pitcher, Sixto Sanchez, for the very first time. Mercy. Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) He's going to be a problem. (laughs) I I, uh, am not looking forward to having to face this guy for the next who knows how many years because um, Sixto is a star, y'all. Uh, yeah, he, he is. Yep. He is. Really, I, have, I have said it before that, really especially in that heavy Latin American community in Miami, that kid is going to be a star for that team. And he he's he's going to be the real deal. And, and I saw a couple of overlays, too, that he modeled his pitching style very much so after Pedro Martinez. And I think just about any any Dominican pitcher growing up would. He throws just like Pedro. Like it's, his his delivery throws, is. He throws the most effortless looking hundred miles an hour, uh, I think I might have ever seen. Yeah, I mean he almost shorts arm it, short arms it sometimes. Yeah, and there's, he, there's he still no, hits triple digits. There's no big elaborate windup. Uh, there, there's nothing flashy about his motion. It's just, it, it's it's a very clean, quick motion. And my goodness, does he get some some stuff behind the ball? It is, oh boy, it's scary to watch. But anyway, I mean, you're I mean running, and we we didn't have an answer for him. We, we, no. we had we had nothing for him. No. <laughs> No, we did not. Um, and he, he was absolutely on his game that night. Uh, Braves yeah. lose eight to nothing. Uh, we got uh, we got a two for four night with a double out of Freeman. Swanson went one for four. Riley went one for three. And that was the entire extent of the Braves offense on Tuesday. So you, you're coming off a of back to back losses. And uh, and I don't know, it looks like the offense is a little stagnant. Yeah, gosh. And, Struggling so, to score runs, Alex. Should we even talk about Wednesday? <clears throat> we could probably skip over Wednesday, given how that series started, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we managed to squeak out a win and not not get swept, but no, so no, the Braves no win twenty nine <laughs> to nine. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that again. The Braves win on Wednesday twenty nine to nine. That is the most runs ever by a National League baseball team. That is the second most runs ever scored in a baseball game behind only the Rangers 30. Every Brave that came to the plate got at least one hit, including pinch hitters. All but two Braves players that came to the plate had two hits and five had three hits. Ronald Acuna hit a home run. Freddie Freeman hit a home run. Ozzie Albies hit a home run. Adam Duvall hit three home runs, including a grand slam. Adam Duvall was a 
solo homer shy of the Grand Slam cycle. He had a two-run, a three-run, and a four-run shot in the same game. Just because, and he would have been the first person that's never happened before. Right. Uh, Just because it feels good to say, I'm going to say it one more time. Braves win twenty-nine to nine. Yeah, so uh, I, I I I forgot. I had so many notes on this that it, it skipped a page. Uh, so I forgot to mention Travis Darno's home run. Uh, yeah. And also, oddly, the the probably the strangest stat from a game full of strange stats is the fact that one Bryce Wilson comes in, pitches four innings allows one earned run and gets credited with a save. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the more illogical rules in baseball. Like can, I I understand can, that the rule was not written. Me, can you explain to me how like how that falls within the rules of what a save is? Cuz I I I, uh, I don't understand. Pitch at least the la- well the determination is to pitch. You know, you've got your traditional three runs or less um, to close out a game. That That's your traditional save. But there's another caveat to the save, which is I believe you pitch the final four innings of a game, um, no matter the score difference. So, yeah, in a 20-run ball game, Bryce Wilson gets the save. A real nail-biter there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, man, I didn't know if he was going to pull it out. Got- He's some extended work in a no-pressure situation. He's the kind yeah. of guy that needed it, and and just kind of a cool thing from a game with with a whole lot of crazy happening in it. Bryce Wilson gets the save in a twenty-nine to nine win. So, all right, so let, let let's kind of walk through this just for a second, <laughs> though, because there there are I'll so be, many. Let's do it. There, okay, so there's so many layers to this game. So first off, the game immediately starts out. Uh, we've got. Good old Tommy Malone on the mound for the Braves, our big uh, trade acquisition from the trade deadline the other week. And we pretty quickly find ourselves down two to nothing in the second inning, at which point I saw people on Twitter pretty much giving up on this game. Then in the bottom of the second, the Braves proceed to put 11 on the board to make it 11 to two. And so at that point, you start thinking, okay. All right, like, let's just coast through this one the rest but of the wait, way out. But wait, we had seen, we had seen Tommy Malone be spotted a massive lead before. Yep. We saw it just, just about a week ago. We saw yep. him, we saw him get a 10th run inning from the Braves and almost lost the game. So, yeah, he, uh... He proceeds to spot the Marlins uh, six more runs over the next couple of innings, uh, where it got a little closer than it ever should have. I think at one point they were within five after initially trailing by nine. So, I mean, not not exactly a comeback, but for, you know, a couple of outs there, you start thinking, oh, gosh, here we go. Like, this might happen. But then the Braves, you know, kicked the door down and they scored in every inning except for the first and the eighth. (laughs) Ronald Acuna Jr. came up to bat every inning for the first six innings. (laughs) 
Oh my I god. I think he ended up with seven play appearances that night. If that if that's right. Uh so, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um I will say too, and, and I'm I'm not sure like what kind of studies or research has been done on this, but there's there's got to be something behind pitchers having a big lead and falling apart, right? I, I have to imagine so. Like, does it does it become such a relaxed times. Yeah. We've seen it multiple times with Malone, but I I don't think that's that's Malone specific. Like we've seen that with other pitchers before. Yeah. I'm well okay, so so let's let's think about it this way. Let's look at so we we've had three Tommy Malone starts now, right? Yes. And two of them we, we have spotted him ten runs, which he has then, you know, cut down significantly through his own doing. Think about that other start, though, against the Nationals last Friday, where it, you know, if it weren't for a good Adam Duvall defensive play, he might have allowed three runs to our two at that point. You know, he kept it close in a one one run game, which, you know, we ended up blowing it wide open after he was out of the game anyway. And he gave us, you know, a pretty good start, I think, of either four or five innings in the first game of that doubleheader. So there's something to be said about pitching close and pitching with a huge lead. Like, I, I don't I don't know what the psychology behind that is. But, you know, at some point, do you almost go into like almost a too much of a relaxed mode and it catches up with you or, you know, on the other hand, in the back of your mind, do you sit there and think, Oh gosh, I have a really big lead. So I shouldn't be making mistakes, but oops, oops, oops. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I know I exactly know. what you mean. Uh, and, and that leads me to a, uh, a question I was interested to ask you before you started talking about that. Okay. Have we, or have we not seen the last of Tommy Malone on the field in the Braves uniform? No, I don't think so. I, 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 I think I think he, he gets another start. I mean, it's, it's a question that's fair to ask at this point, though, I think. No, it, it, it it's fair to ask, but I think the thing that saves him is the fact that he's a healthy starting pitcher. You know, even with Freed coming back and Hamels, you know, making his debut later this week, you know, Freed just had to miss a start because of issues with his back. Hamels has been out for months now, and we don't know what, you know, what kind of durability we're going to get out of him. So I, I don't, I don't, I think we see him again. That's that, that's a fair assessment. Um, though the way the way everybody else is looking at this point, fire him. We, well, we might not have. <laughs> as big of a rotation issue as it seemed like over the last few weeks. And, and no, we'll talk no. about that. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, but let's, uh, before we get too far off the rails, let's go straight into Thursday. We are visiting Washington and facing the nationals for our final series against them this year. Uh, we win seven to six after being down five to nothing in the second inning. Freddie Freeman with two home runs, good for four RBIs. Ronald Acuna chips in with a homer. Dansby Swanson, yet another game-winning home run. Got a rough outing from Erlen. I know it came in, looked great in long relief. And then, of course, you have Melanson, Green, and Martin at the end, shutting it down. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, sure, falling behind five to nothing isn't great, but 
you know, finding a way to win is what separates, you know, good teams from not so good teams. Um, you know, just because teams are really good doesn't mean that they ever trail that they don't ever trail in baseball games. Absolutely. And, and Find, you know, finding a way to win is a big key of success. And and, you know, what is it that Chip says all the time, Cam? They don't uh, always win, but they always give you a finish. And that's walloped. <laughs> I was basically setting you up for whatever chipism you wanted to go with there. <laughs> Braves always give you a finish. But I mean, they 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 keep giving him reasons to say that. Uh, yeah. And that's and that's why we hear it so often, because this team hits home runs at such a ridiculous pace that that they're they're rarely, if ever, out of a ball game. Well, I mean, hey, and we'll get to it in a minute, but, like, think about today. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get to that, but first we got to go to Friday, the 11th. Back in Washington, the Braves lose 7-8 to eight in 12 innings. Ozuna, after only posting one hit in the 29-9 to nine win, goes 5-for-6 with a homer and four RBIs. Yeah. Uh, Green, Martin, and Melanson yet again were all fantastic late in the game, but for some reason, uh, a team that seems to be historically clutch in, in the late innings cannot figure out a way to score in extras, even though this year we're starting with a runner on second in extra innings. I, I, we're I like, just, what, one three in extra inning games this year? I think so, and that one was one of the first couple of games of the season. It was the second game. It was, it was the Saturday game in New York. Yeah, and it, I, I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me how a team can be this good late with nobody on base, and then well, you, and you give them a free runner on second, and all of a sudden they forget how to swing a bat. And and even before even before extra innings, I think that game we left 22 men on base Friday night which is just, like, historically bad. That's, so yeah, it, that's rough. You know, it, it cannot be said that the Braves didn't have their chances Friday night to win that game. Um, you know, I, I Ronnie goes out early. You know, he takes a foul ball off the ankle, and, you know, thankfully he's all good and no, no break or fracture or anything. But, you know, I feel like if he's in that game that night, then we win it just because of the amount, the amount of times that – Ender came up to bat with runners in scoring position, especially in extra innings. Um, you know, just having that lethal of a hitter in those situations versus, you know, not so great Ender and Ciarte. I feel like we win that game if Ronnie's in, but again, too many chances to win it and just not being able to capitalize. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and also we should mention um, Ronnie, look, I, I was convinced he was going to be out for the season. Yeah, uh, I, the 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 ball he took it was it was a it was a ball to the ankle, right? Not the foot. Yep, yep, ankle. Yeah, it it looked like like I I would have been out for a decade if I'd taken a ball to the ankle at that speed. Just put me in the grave at that point. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Any any mortal human is just done after that. Uh, and sure enough, the very next day. Ronald Acuna is right there leading off. I don't understand. He's alive! I don't understand how it happened. 
Uh, but but we we should all count our blessings and and appreciate the fact that Ronnie was able to come back in less than 24 hours after taking that shot to the ankle. Uh, so we were back in Washington on Saturday, uh, needing to take the last two games of this series to win our final series against Washington. Had Ian Anderson back on the mound after that shaky outing in uh, against Miami. And we get seven innings pitched, only allowing one hit, walking three, and striking out nine. That is the Ian Anderson we know and love, guys. Uh, Another thing that that shouldn't go without mentioning is the fact that Brian Snicker allowed his young pitcher to go back out there for for the seventh, which is something we've seen him be hesitant to do in the past. Uh, Ian was was the first Braves pitcher to pitch the seventh this year uh, or pitch through through the seventh rather. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's kind of mind boggling, but it just kind of shows you the, the issues we've had with the rotation. Uh, also impressive is getting through seven innings with only 99 pitches. Yeah. Efficient. Very efficient. Gotta love it. Yeah. uh, Ended up winning the game two to one. Uh, Marcelo Zuna and Ozzy Albies each had an RBI early in the game. So Anderson was pitching with a lead, albeit uh, a fairly small one. And, well, and, and being a, a, we haven't seen too many pitchers duels this year in Braves baseball. And it was uh, it was a refreshing kind of change from the norm for us. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was actually um, out and about on a bachelor party Saturday evening. So I didn't get to see any of that game. Ooh, kinda, yeah. So I was kind of keeping up with it on my phone, and boy, did I see the uh, tense situation that the bottom of the ninth ended up being. Oh boy, yeah. Mark Melanson though, with ice in his veins. Icy, so icy. Shark Melanson, love it. You can get your Shark Melanson shirt at Teespring.com/store/ChattingAverage/Podcast. By the way. You're dang right. Hey, we we uh we released a new shirt this week. We did. Yeah, we did. We've he, he, the the he got Duval quite, of that one. The the people quite literally asked for an Adam Duval T-shirt, and uh and and we have provided that for you. So at that same site, Teespring.com/stores/chattingaveragepodcast, uh, you can pick up shirts for Mark Melanson, Nikki Two Bags, Adam Duval, Luke Jackson, and many many more. Yeah, we've we've got a couple of others coming down the pipeline that you may see later this week. We do, we do. I'm I'm <laughs> now that Teespring finally has its junk together. Oh man, we were sitting on these designs for so long, y'all. Yeah, uh, we're, we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to pick our spots to roll them out, but uh, it was uh it was frustrating trying to get them to you and uh and and really happy to see that a lot of you guys bought them. Uh, the, yeah. The Adam Wall shirts uh, started started moving out almost immediately after we dropped them, so that uh really appreciate you guys for that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thanks thanks to everybody who has supported our good old little t-shirt store. Yeah. Yeah. So uh going into Sunday. Uh, the Braves were the Braves had won two out of three from the Nationals, needed to win to take the final series against them, and uh, and and we had a fun game today, guys. Uh, it was yeah. Kyle Wright against Max Scherzer, and the Braves win eight to four. Adam Duvall with yet another home run, Ozzie Albie's hitting the go-ahead home run, and Kyle Wright 
earning his very first career win with six innings pitched, eight hits allowed, three earned runs, and four strikeouts. This, so it, it was being said on the radio, um, it was Jim Powell and Ben Ingram on the call today. Uh, Jim made the comment as the game was starting to wind down, it looked like the Braves pretty much had it in the bag, that this is the start for Kyle Wright that he can he can look at today and say, okay, I've got my first win, let's build from here. Because, you know, Kyle Wright hasn't exactly had a great go of it so far. He's had flashes here and there where he looks really good, um, and he's progressively gotten better each and every start this season specifically, it's felt like. But today really kind of felt like his, more or less, his coming out party where he got the win. Um, you know, four runs on the board doesn't exactly tell the story because of a couple of bad defensive plays. You know, if anything, Kyle might have allowed two runs, which I don't know what more you want for from a pitcher. You know, two runs keeps you in the ball game. So very good start from Kyle Wright. I couldn't be happier for the guy, and I just hope that he can continue to build and progress off of it. Yeah, and and I was listening to Kyle Wright's post game interview, and and he had a he had a pretty good perspective on it because yes, he was very excited, obviously, about getting his first career major league win, but but he made a good point when he said that it, it wasn't the first time he's taken the mound and had some success. We we've seen pretty good outings out of Kyle Wright so far. And for one reason or another, it just fell short and he didn't get that, that, that notch in the win column. But it's, it, it's, it, it's nice to see a pitcher uh, that young go through a, some struggles and, and, and find his way back to, to winning like he did today. Yeah. And, and this is what his 10th career start, maybe 10th, 11th. Like I that. mean, yeah, I mean, it's easy from a game by game basis to, you know, try to pretty much throw, you know, somebody like Kyle to the side and say, oh, well, you know, he, he doesn't have it. You know, sometimes it's hard to remember that most pitchers have a natural progressive rise and we are still just extremely early in Kyle Wright's career. And today you felt like that step forward, another step forward. You know, you hope that two years from now that Kyle Wright is going to be, you know, that much better of a pitcher than he is currently, because that's how athletes should hopefully progress. So, you know, like, like I said, I'm happy for the guy really. Without a doubt. Uh, So that takes us to the end of the week. Tomorrow we start against the Orioles in Baltimore and Braves went four and three this week. We are now 28 and 19 overall matching the most wins above 500 that we've been all season. Braves are holding a three and a half game lead over wait for it. The Marlins, not the Phillies mercy after the Marlins swept the double double header against the Phillies today. So Braves hold a three and a half game lead over the Marlins, a four game lead over the Phillies, and the magic number to win the division is 12. There are 13 games remaining. Magic number is 12. I like it. We're getting there, guys. We are. It's it's crazy how fast this has gone by. But uh, there are two weeks left in the baseball season, y'all. And we've got some excitement coming up this week, it feels like, with the uh, rotation starting to flesh out again. We do. Someone we've talked about a lot and yet not seen on the mound 
is Mr. Cole Hamels. The $18 million man is scheduled to start in this series coming up tomorrow against the Orioles. Hey! Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think we all need to manage our expectations a little bit, especially for the first start or two that we see from Hamels. Uh, I, I'm not sure we're going to see him allowed to go more than three or four innings. Obviously, he hasn't pitched in a Major League Baseball game in quite a while now, so those might not be the best three or four innings you've ever seen the guy pitch. But uh, it, I think it's it's just as important uh, as anything else just to get him out there, get him throwing pitches against Major League hitters, and, and get him settled in a little bit. Because at this point, all that matters is the postseason. And we need to have consider consider the last two weeks of the season spring training for for Cole Hamels, and then the postseason comes and we need him ready to go. What do you think? Cole gets what three innings maybe Wednesday night? Um, I I think he's on a pitch count rather than an innings count. Uh, uh, I, I think we let him go maybe fifty to sixty pitches. Okay, I was gonna say seventy, but yeah, fifty to sixty probably probably a little closer. Yeah. So, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I, I think we should all be excited about the fact that he's going to be out there uh, rather than, you know, waiting to see the results, because like I said, the results might not be what you want them to be, but it's important that we have him out there getting reps. Yep. All right. Well, from there, let's take a look around the world of baseball and bring back our friend Sam and talk about scenes from around the league. And now the fellas take a look at scenes from around the league. All right, there are only two weeks left in the baseball season, and it's starting to take shape for a postseason uh, layout. In the American League East, Tampa Bay is still leading to an impressive extent over the Toronto Blue Jays. The 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 Rays are 30 and 17, three and a half games up on the 26 and 20 Blue Jays. The Yankees still in third place in their division at 26 and 21, four games out of first. Uh, Baltimore and Detroit and uh, and Boston obviously out of it. Baltimore's 20 and 26. Boston is 17 and 31. And I am thrilled that the Braves get to close the season with Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the Central, the Chicago White Sox are still in the lead at 30 and 16, one game up on the 30 and 18 Minnesota Twins. So that is still anybody's division at this point. Even the Cleveland Indians are still in it at 26 and 21, four and a half games out of first. The Tigers have fallen back down to earth after uh, after making us think that they had a shot at the playoffs. They are 20 and 26, 10 games out of first place. And the Royals are the cellar dwellers there at 20 and 28, 11 games out of first. The Oakland Athletics still in first place in the West, despite the charging Astros. Uh, the Athletics are at 29 and 17, up six games on the Astros, who are at 523 and 23. The Mariners are behind them at 21 and 25, followed by the Angels at 20 and 28, and the 17 and 30 Rangers. Moving into the National League in the Central, the Cubs have a four-game lead over the St. Louis Cardinals, who, despite making up a lot of the games that they missed due to their COVID outbreak, are still sitting at 20 and 20. The Milwaukee Brewers are a couple of games behind them at 20 and 24. The Reds at 21 and 26, six and a half games out of first place. And the Pirates still hold the worst record in all of Major League Baseball at 14 and 30, 12 games out of first place in the Central. In the National League West. The Pirates are booty. <laughs> they, 
Oh, God. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I have a friend out in North County on that team, so let's let's try to be nice to them, all right? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Let me let me let me redact that statement. The uh, the Pirates are, as you say, not great. There we <laughs> all right, much better. Leave all the right. bad jokes to me, all right, Cam? <laughs> yeah. Um, in the West, the L.A. Dodgers still lead with the best record in all of baseball at 32 and 14. Two and a half games up on the 30 and 17 San Diego Padres. Coming. The, the San Francisco Giants somehow are still holding out hope for a playoff spot at 23 and 23, nine games out of first. The Rockies have fallen back down to earth at 21 and 25, 11 games out of first. And Arizona is sits at the bottom with a 17 and 31 record, 16 games out. So, Sam, it's a good time to be a Padres fan. I would say so. Yes. Not something I'm used to. Um, I, I, I will say this. I, I, I very much like where the Atlanta Braves are right now. Uh, that they're, they're in position for a, a, a fairly high playoff seed, but, but I don't, I don't want to play the Padres in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really hope that doesn't happen, especially now that you guys made the Clevenger trade. My goodness. It, yeah. uh, especially with the with the relative to last year the down year that that Paddock's been having you know being able to bring in a guy like Clevenger to lead that rotation is is a really impressive move on y'all's part yeah it's huge and honestly I was afraid what we we're gonna have to give up for him and after seeing everything I would take that trade 20 times out of 10 oh yeah and all prospect depth and then getting rid of hedges is the easiest choice ever (laughs) (laughs) sure and 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 we were talking about this a little bit last week when it happened you so i i i honestly think that it was y'all and the braves that Mm -hmm. that were in on the clevenger deal uh i i think i think those were the final two teams and to me, the reason you guys won out is because you had the ability to give them that that volume trade. You had the ability to give them the 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 biggest number of names. Uh, and, and, you know, as our prospects have been coming up, we haven't restocked as well as we would have liked. So we, we just we weren't able to give six or seven guys in a trade the way y'all were. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it was huge not having to give up the top five, just having that much that much depth since we haven't made one of those trades before. And the funny thing is, what we all saw was we had about, like, I don't know how many of them were in the trade, and then you guys kind of passed us, and then, then we threw in hedges, and that's what sealed the deal for us. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, I don't appreciate you coming onto our show and lying, Sam. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that's what I heard. <laughs> I can't confirm. Uh, who was who was the pitcher you guys gave up? Uh, so it was Cal Quantrill was one of them. Cal Quantrill. That, okay. I, that was one. I remember having seen him. He came up late last year, right? That's correct. I think about mid-year. Um, uh, he was doing more long relief, I think, last year. But um, he had some fairly impressive outings, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, he had a... Like some here and there, but for the most part, we were pretty impressed with him. He was a first round pick. Yeah. He's coming off Tommy John at Stanford. And then coming through the minors, people weren't really that high on him, but he pretty much impressed when he did come up last year. So is it safe to assume that that was the, the, the toughest loss of that trade for you guys? 
I guess, and honestly, I <laughs> I don't feel any. Oh God, there were no <laughs> tough losses. Oh, it hurts. Yeah. And then there was like there was Naylor who I was excited about, but when he Naylor, I hardly know. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I'll log off now. That that, that <laughs> half-hearted <laughs> was what that deserved. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a couple of interesting stories from around the league this week. Uh, Albert Pujols hits his 660th home run for the Angels, tying Willie Mays for fifth on the all-time list. Guys. What is the number that you think Albert Pujols finishes his career at? Um, I think I think he passes a rod. Uh, oh, I hope so. Anyone like passing a rod on any list except <laughs> the biggest douchebag is uh is a okay in my book. He's like thirty something away from a rod. I think he passes him in that. Okay, that 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 would take some some. Production over these last couple of weeks and a solid season from him next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would say take him a few more years, but obviously I think he'll try to stick around. Yeah. If, if he can yeah. get a deal after his Angels contract expires, uh, I think I think 700 is is achievable. Oh, definitely. If not, passing Ruth at 714. Yeah, it's just so crazy to think for me, like just seeing like his time with the Angels. I think you just. Hello. 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 Cam. Uh oh. We've lost Cam. Uh oh. All right, now we can start the show. And and (laughs) (laughs) what the Uh, hell just happened? Oh, you're back. That was how I told Cam he was fired. I just cut his. (laughs) (laughs) No, my internet just like crapped the bed for ten seconds for some reason. We told y'all that Cam was going to be out next week, but he, he took his hiatus a little early. <laughs> I had that sick time banked up. <laughs> you you get no benefits with the Chatting Average pod. There are no bennies here. Oh, there, 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 there are plenty of benefits of being a host of the Chatting Average podcast. Thank you very much. Get that sweet, sweet t-shirt money. Yes, yes. Woo, the t-shirt money. So anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> Help out two poor podcasters. You can go to teespring.com slash store slash chatting average podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the the sad thing for the for the Padres, speaking of T-shirts, is that it seems like uh, RotoWare is taking all of the good T-shirt ideas. That's true. And I am wearing my RotoWare Slam Diego shirt right now as we talk. See? See? <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's as if nice. I knew. I promise we don't have Sam on video. I didn't actually know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I saw so many Slam Diego ones coming out, and then as soon as I got that one sent to me, I bought it immediately. Oh, yeah. that's. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Um, so so what was your initial reaction to the the whole Fernando Tatis incident? Uh, I call it an incident. That's, that's a terrible thing. <laughs> All it. The, yeah, amazing, the, the amazing grand slam that Fernando Tatis hit on a 3-0 count in a in a game where they were leading the Rangers big. Yeah, so for me, um, so I was watching it with some friends. I had a couple coworkers just hanging out in the backyard. So we were kind of like half watching the game, but I did see that happen. So obviously I was excited. Didn't really see the whole situation. Obviously knew we were up big, but didn't pay attention to the count or anything. And then 
my friends were over for a little while after and then all of a sudden i just opened it open twitter just a total mess had no idea what was going on and i guess like tingler already had his comments and everything so people were asking me how i felt about it and i didn't even know what they were talking about and, and were you guys watching a local broadcast or were you getting the nationwide fs1 broadcast yeah, it was a Padres one. Um, okay. Since I did have people over, I wasn't necessarily like listening or anything. Fair. So I didn't hear any of the reactions. So I just saw that, and then I saw the Manny getting thrown at and had no idea why, which obviously you know, kind of makes sense now. The the FS1 broadcast, I, I, that was the one, I mean, if Cam was watching, I'm not sure, but uh, that was the one that I was getting. Okay. Uh, and I, I managed to, I, I, I don't know how I got so lucky, but I tuned in. Uh, about two pitches before Tatis hit that grand slam. Oh, perfect. And it was the FS1 broadcast. And to me, something was weird immediately Mm -hmm. because the broadcasters didn't, you know, lose their minds and start going crazy when he hit that grand slam. I'm like, the guy, the guy just hit a grand slam. Like if anything warrants a, a big response, this, this is it. Um, and and they proceeded to spend the next five minutes or so just, just berating Tatis for, for having swung there. And I, 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 I didn't, and I still don't understand all the blowback he got for that. It, It doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, the one thing that, that I, I saw or I thought I saw, and, and, and maybe you can clarify this mm-hmm. if, if you've gone back and watched any of it was the the next uh, Tatis, or sorry, Hosmer follows Tatis in the batting order, right? Mm-hmm. Or, okay. No, so it was Machado Hos- after him. Okay, he's the one so got Machado got thrown at, and then and then it was Hosmer. Yes, uh, or, I think so, yeah. Hosmer grounded out, and he, he's, running to, he's running to first base. Um, the, it, it's a put out, no big deal, and he turns around. But before he goes back to his own dugout, he looks at the Rangers bench not to not to get mad at them for throwing at Machado, mm-hmm. but say like clearly you could see him mouthing the words, I'll talk to him, I'll talk mm-hmm. to him. So whose side do we think Eric Hosmer's on here? Yeah, so I'll say that did worry me at first, but after everything I've seen, I I would take I think Hosmer's on our side. So the few things I saw was first that, and then there's the video that was going around that looked like he was talking to Tatis, who, and Tatis looked super upset. Um, but then once like, you kind of play it back, you see Hosmer's actually talking to the first base coach, and then Tatis is just happens to be in the middle of that. And then after that, there was another video of them just talking in the dugout, cracking up and everything. Yeah. But the thing that really made me believe Hosmer that he wasn't having a talk with him, um, someone tweeted that with him tagged in it and he tweets back with like two laughing emojis saying must have been a tough lecture appreciate you having a clue brendan so i think really just <laughs> get him <laughs> yeah so i think him talking the rangers dugout i think is just more diffusing the situation saying we'll talk to him just so things didn't escalate more but i think i don't think he was really actually on their side about it okay fair enough that that was just i you know, being the prisoner of the moment that I was at mm-hmm. that time, like I was, I was upset with the the broadcasters for the way they yeah. handled it, and then I saw Hosmer 
talk to the the rangers bench and just like what 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 is this world i live in where yeah. where a man can't hit a grand slam in the major leagues yeah yeah i did see your <laughs> that, that, off on that sounds like that, that almost sounds like a political platform alex <laughs> do we do we really live in an America where a man cannot celebrate a grand slam? <laughs> that was uh that was uh excellent excellently orated. Uh yeah. Cam, that was that was nicely done there. It's almost but, like I'm around politics too much. Anyway, <clears throat> we're all around <laughs> politics too much. Uh and I make an effort to be around politics as little as possible. Yeah, I got to get that paycheck, Alex. Uh, oh yeah, you work for the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, so to follow that up, the San Diego Padres went and hit all the grand slams. Yes. Uh, over the next week, um, it was one of the more remarkable things I think we've ever seen. Was it four games in a row y'all hit a grand slam? Yeah, four games in a row, five out of six. My and, God. Oh my God. <laughs> and we're up to seven this year. <laughs> It's unreal. <laughs> that's that's insane. I, I mean, I don't have the patience to to sit down and do all this research, but I would be very interested to know how many teams have hit seven grand slams in a season, let alone in like a, a seven or eight day period. Yeah, I, I'm going to say it's probably not a ton. Not many. And let alone this is a two-month season, pretty much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah one thing I'll be happy to hear, though, my research showed that the Braves have the NL record for most in a season. No kidding. Yeah, I think it was like 12, 12 and like 97. That could yep. be butchering that. Uh, uh, according yeah. to Baseball Almanac, that's what I've got, too. The all-time right, record that's where was I saw it. 14 by the Cleveland Indians in 2006. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you had the National League, right? Yes. Yep, that's what I got. Yep. Braves with 12. All right. So elsewhere in baseball, uh, had an interesting game today between the Cubs and the Brewers. Alec Mills completes a no-hitter for the Cubs in a 12-0 win. Yes. Uh, Guys... Uh, Cubs Stallworth Alec Mills. Please speak up now if you had heard the name Alec Mills before today. That's kind of what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know where you guys might have heard the name Alec Mills before? Was from our Cubs correspondent on our season preview episode that we did. She specifically said that Alec Mills is a promising pitcher and should be a starter for the Cubs this year. So so all the credit in the world to her for calling that before the season even began. Uh, I think that even this is probably uh, a bit beyond what she expected out of him. But but someone was out there that saw this in him. Sure, sure as hell wasn't me. <laughs> Not me. I mean, yes. <laughs> Probably the best prediction that's come out of that episode so far, right? Yes, because most of mine are garbage. Uh, the only good prediction that I had is that the Padres would win, would would finish second in their division and go to the playoffs. <laughs> there we go. Hey, let's not rule out first. There's a chance. <laughs> it's not a good chance, but it's a <laughs> chance. 
Hey, Dodgers um, lose today. It's one and a half games going into our series against them. Just, just ooh, throw it out there. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, that, that is far more interesting than I thought. Is that oh, yes. next weekend that you guys face each other? No, starting tomorrow. It's a three-game oh. series at Petco. Oh, man. I hope that's ooh. broadcast nationally. I'll have to tune ready. into those games. Well, the Padres just won, so. Yes. All right. Yeah, down to two right now. All right. The Dodgers currently lead one to nothing on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. <laughs> so the uh, one of the funnier things that happened this week uh, was just yesterday. Brewers pitcher Brent Suter uh, had one of the more interesting pitching motions I think I've ever seen. Uh, he sets up for his pitch, which is a pretty elaborate, almost Craig Kimbrell-esque sort of bend into the setup. Uh, if you guys know what I'm talking about there. So yeah. He went and and he planted he he planted his foot on the rubber. And when he lifted his leg to start his windup, you saw his plant leg just sort of wiggled a little bit. And as he's going into his motion, uh, he he falls head over tea kettle uh, and somehow does a a backflip rolling off of the mound it was Do a it, barrel roll. <laughs> it was it was absolutely remarkable uh the, my favorite part of it all is that after he did his his barrel roll off of the mound stood straight up immediately and just sort of looked at his dugout it was an excellent <laughs> recovery from uh from a pretty embarrassing faux pas yeah, he uh he took a tumble. That's for sure. Uh, oh, yes. We we're we're gonna be seeing that clip for a long time. Oh yeah, that one yeah. that one was fun and yeah. <laughs> he was I smiling at the though, end of it, so I don't feel too bad for him. Yeah. Oh, and the and the Brewers dugout was giving him plenty of grief for it too. <laughs> My favorite part, I don't remember who tweeted, but someone did, and that's when it went viral. And Simone Biles, I think it was Pitching Ninja actually. And he did a side by side with Simone Biles, and she retweeted it, <laughs> and he acknowledged on Twitter like. This was all worth it. I got retweeted by Simone Biles. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, that's that's been this past week in baseball. Cam, what do you say we take a look at years past? Let's do it. All right. We're going to dive into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is September 14th through the 20th. Our first fact comes to us. From September 14th, 1987. Hey, Alex, you remember the other night uh, during the 29-9 routing of the Marlins where Ender Enciarte happened to record two outs in the same inning? Yes, I do. Okay, well, on September 14th, 1987, in the seventh inning of an 18-3 route of the Orioles at Exhibition Stadium, Kelly Gruber, appearing as a pinch hitter, makes all three outs by hitting into a double play and then finishing the seven-run frame with a strikeout. In between oh his at-bats, there are five singles and two home runs. Wow. <laughs> I, You know, when I saw that Ender had made two outs in the same inning, I actually thought to myself, like, I wonder if anybody has ever made all three outs in the <laughs> same inning. I don't Kelly know Ender doing it in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's that's a pretty impressive stat that I imagine we won't see matched anytime soon. No, no, not at all. Our next fact comes to us from September 16th, 1922. 
After listening to excessive bench jockeying from the Giants' dugout, Reds hurler Adolfo Luque becomes so enraged that he throws down his glove and bolts into the New York dugout. The Cuban native, known for his fiery temper, punches Casey Stengel in the jaw and is ordered to return to the bench by the police, who are busy trying to prevent the Polo Grounds crowd, which has overflowed onto the field, from rioting. So, uh... (laughs) We didn't have a bench-clearing brawl. The brawl came to the bench. (laughs) Wow. Adolfo just went after him. I'm Amir I'm Garrett s- over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was Amir Garrett before Amir Garrett was Amir Garrett. I was, uh, I, I was, I, I'm still kind of surprised that that didn't happen in the uh, in in the Braves Cardinals wild card game, the infamous uh, outfield fly rule game. Yeah, we don't talk about that. <laughs> what game? Oh, Sam. No, 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 I, I was going along with a bit. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> no, okay. no, I was Manual. watching. I'm just as bad. <laughs> oh, man, that was the, All the, right. day, the night Atlanta stood still. Not that young. That was so bad. <sighs> Wait, Sam, how old are you? I'm like right around your age. I'm 25. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'll be, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll be, I'll be 27 in a couple of months. So, as, yeah, if, we're, as if I needed to feel older. Yeah. yeah, I think the I remember like the Warriors high school, but I think I'm a year younger than you. Okay. Goodness. Cool. Very yeah. good. Are you November also? Yeah. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Scorpio season, let's go! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, okay, let, 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 let's, just test, let's just test this even further. What day in November? Mine's the 16th, day before Rick's. Oh, okay, okay. Then yours is exactly two weeks after mine. I'm the second. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like two thirds of my family are November babies too. Like my sister's the first, my uncle's the first, my brother-in-law is the eighth. Um, my both of my cousins are late November. My mom's already forbidden me and my wife from from ever giving birth to a child in November. <laughs> <laughs> Made that mistake already. <laughs> she said i did it twice you can't <laughs> oops <laughs> all right our next fact comes to us from september 18th 1996 roger clemens in his final victory wearing a red Sox uniform ties his own record for strikeouts in a game when he strikes out 20 batters in a nine inning game going the distance in the team's four to nothing victory in detroit the Rocket first achieved the feat a decade earlier against the Mariners. Wow. So, in case you needed a reminder about how good Roger Clemens actually was, and the fact that it's a shame that he tarnished his legacy with steroids, there you go. Yeah, he was incredible, but I don't know. Let, let me let me just read the room here. What 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 are your guys' opinions on him getting into the Hall of Fame or not? Um, I'm of the belief that he, along with uh, Barry Bonds, didn't need them and had a strong enough resume before steroid use that when the day comes that they both get in, I won't have an issue with it. Yeah. Yeah, I go back and forth on my opinions on it. Like, obviously, I think it's terrible, but at the same time, like, 
so many people were doing it. It was encouraged by the league. Now that we have Sealy in there, we already there's already a wing for like the steroid era in the Hall of Fame. So if they're really part of the history. I'm not too against it. Wait, is like, there? What do you mean? There's a wing for the for the steroid era. Yeah, I guess maybe wings not the right word. But when I was there a couple of years ago, there was like a whole display just like going through the years of like the 80s leading into the 2000s, just all the steroid stuff. You mean like like the McGuire Sosa stuff all being in there? Yeah, that type of stuff. There was Bond. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, display like highlighting it. So if you're gonna have that. I guess still maybe have the best people from that era, but at I the same time it's dirty, sense. so I just don't know. And I'm sure there are people in there who did do it that we don't know about. Mike Piazza. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Padre Legend, right there. <laughs> here's uh, so I guess I, I guess here's my compromise on that because I'm for a long time I've been anti-steroid era guys getting in um but but here's my compromise we we let them in mm-hmm. we we vote the steroid era guys in but we don't allow them to give a speech okay i feel like that's a fair trade-off i could live with that i i, I just I don't. I don't know if it would be safe anyway for a guy like bonds to give a speech i, I feel like he would just get booed off the stage Oh, yeah. uh, actually, maybe let them give a speech just so we can. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> but I, I, I would just, I would be sick to my stomach to see Barry Bonds up there, you know, talking about what a great player he was and mm-hmm. thanking all the people that helped him, but leaving out the guys he got his steroids from. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I got another one for you then. Okay. 2020, already a weird year already. What yeah. if we do a vote of all the steroids guys now, let them in, and they get to give a speech to no one since... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like brilliant. Yeah, like yeah. Let, let, let put, <laughs> put Bonds, Clemens, Palmero, Sosa. Uh, all, uh, put, put Canseco in there for all oh, I can. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, Jose Canseco, if you want to come on, on the Chatting Average podcast, the invitation still stands. Open invitation, Jose. We know you're listening. We'll let you talk about aliens or, you know, being present or whatever other goofy shit you want to talk about. <laughs> Cam, you're making me censor the show! Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know you know he would demand, like, $10,000 for an appearance or something. I mean, I did it free, so what, what can he expect? What's that? I said I did it for free, so why can he expect money? That's, that's yeah, but fair. he would also probably demand like twice the amount of cocaine that you did. <laughs> True. True. Uh, Sam demanded a relatively modest amount of cocaine to do the show tonight. <laughs> Good on you, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our final fact comes to us from September 20th, 2014. Oliver Perez records the first four-strikeout inning in Diamondback history when a dropped third strike allows the first batter to reach base in the seventh frame of the team's 5-1 loss to Colorado at Coors Field. The 33-year-old Arizona Southpaw becomes the 69th different major league hurler to accomplish the feat. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Good, nice fact there for you. Um, So that... that Four-strikeout inning, though. 
that brings yeah. up an excellent talking point for us here. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the worst rules in baseball. Uh, a list that I think it, it can be led by the dropped third strike rule. Yeah. It, it As time goes on, it does feel like more and more bizarre. It's, it's insane. Like a oh. pitch can throw a perfect pitch, but yeah. just because it drops out of the catcher's mitt, the guy gets a chance to run to first base. I, it doesn't, it doesn't make well, any sense. Like or you if can, you're dumb enough to swing at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It is. That it is odd. Yeah, I've never really thought about it, but now that you bring it up, it it is weird. So, so what do you guys think are some of the worst rules in baseball? Are we talking new rules or written rules? We're talking <laughs> written rules. Written okay. rules. Okay. We've had yeah. written rules conversation. Yeah. I need that clarification after that Ranger series. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, I'll I'll throw I'll throw one out there for us. Uh, how about infield fly? Mm. What? Just the assumption that an out would be made regardless. Yeah. 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 I can see that. I I, I don't understand. <clears throat> like if uh, if if you're playing basketball and and you want to and, and you just let a rebound drop to the floor like that that doesn't you don't get credit for the rebound and your team gets the ball it's whoever gets right. the ball like that it, that that seems like the nearest equivalent to me like what if 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 you want to let it drop let it drop mm-hmm. like it's on the runners to to make sure they're in the right place at the right time right yeah yeah, I guess I, I, I could, it could turn to like an easy double play every time just because the runners won't know what to do. But I mean, but Freddie played pretty well today. I, yeah, I, <laughs> that didn't get called an infield fly. I'll never understand. It was finally make up for 2012. That's not that was not equivalent situationally. <laughs> 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 um, how about happen in seven of the World Series and then we can talk. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so for for dumb rules, how about um the whole makeup rule for rainouts, where well, if it if it this year, what no 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 not 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 this year. Like I think they have it right this year, and I hope they keep it. But beforehand, you know, if if a game gets rained out before a certain inning, it starts over when they make it up. You know, you don't resume from where you were often. Right? Yeah, I don't like that. I, I, I do like now that this year, if something does get rained out in the middle of the fourth inning, they go right back to that exact situation the next day if they have to, which makes more sense. Yeah. Has that, ha- has that happened this year? I don't know if it's happened. I think any of the ra- I think there's been a couple of games that have been called early and called com- called as complete games. I think a lot of times though, if it's raining already, they aren't hesitating to just call the game off instead of having guys wait. Like, I think that's pretty much been the MO. We've seen that a couple times with Atlanta this year. Mm. But, you know, it might have stopped raining by 930, but they were not going to have the guys wait two and a half hours to start the game. Yeah. Right. It does seem like they have a, a, a quicker trigger finger uh, when, when calling games this year. 
Yeah. My favorite was the one, your game against the Phillies, when Bryce was mid-at-bat with two strikes and had an absolute fix. They called it mid-at-bat. That was weird. Yeah, that, like, (laughs) especially when it had rained just as hard, like, an inning earlier. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, that helps. Anything that results in Bryce Harper throwing a fit, I am 100% on board for. (laughs) Bruce Hooper? Yeah. (laughs) I'll even say, I... Like, him coming up through the league, I always liked him. I thought he was exciting. But now that I've become friends with Braves Twitter, I, I see what you guys see in him. And like, I've kind of turned on him, honest, too. If he played for my team, I'd be a fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted him art when he was a free agent. It's, <laughs> when, when, it, it, when it's relatively team. easy to make him the villain just because he oh, plays yeah. for a rival. Like, that, that's the main part of it. Mm. It's so easy to hate him. Yes. And, 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 you know, it's, it's possible that if Ronald Acuna played for the Phillies, it would be pretty easy to date him too. Yeah, but absolutely. It, maybe, maybe it's just the, the Phillies uniform that makes someone easy to hate, but, yeah. uh, I think you'd love Ender if you were a Philly. I would love <laughs> <laughs> some, some Phillies in Ciarte. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, well, that has been This Week in Baseball History. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back to preview the week ahead for the Atlanta Braves. Hey, do you or someone you love have a beard that could use a little TLC? Well, we've got some good news for you. We here at the Chatting Average Podcast have hooked up with an ambassador for a brand for just about any man, the Beard Struggle. These guys are celebrating all that is man by providing some of the best products around to get your beard ready for the big leagues. They've got everything from beard oils to balms to combs and tons of other great stuff that is perfect for getting your facial hair looking great. Check them out today at thebeardstruggle.com and use promo code AVERAGE15, that's AVERAGE15, to take 15% off of your first order, compliments of the Chatting Average podcast. If you or someone you know has a small business, you need to check out the creators of ChattingAveragePodcast.com, Goat Web Design. These guys have everything you need to get your small business up and running with an awesome online presence. They'll create your mobile and desktop-friendly website quickly and affordably with responsive service, and most importantly, it'll look amazing. Check them out on Twitter, at Goat Web Designs, on Instagram, at Goat Web Design, or on the internet at GoatWebDesigns.com, and tell them the guys from Chatting Average sent you. And now the boys preview the week ahead. All right, as with every week in this season, next week for the Braves is very, very important. We've got a three-game set against Baltimore that we really need to win to stay in position. We have Tuki Toussaint taking the mound on the first ge- for the first game on Monday against Lopez. On Tuesday, we have a TBD spot, as does Baltimore. One would have to assume that after his call-up, Sean Newcomb will be in position for that TBD spot. And then on Wednesday, we wrap up the series in Baltimore with Cole Hamels on the mound. That'll be exciting to see. I know I know, we're all going to have fun with that one. Yeah. There we go. From there, we make the short trip up to New York and face the Mets for the final time this season. Max Fried is scheduled to be back from the IL and on the mound Friday in New York. Let's all hope that that happens. We are facing Seth Lugo, who has recently been transitioned into a starter after being a a pretty solid piece in the bullpen for the Mets for a while. Saturday of that series, we are on Fox with Ian Anderson pitching. And then Sunday, we have Kyle Wright against Michael Walker for the 110 game. Yeah, so uh, not a... a 
terrible week coming up. I mean, they're, um, they're series that we we should win. We yeah. should be here next week talking about the Braves went four and two this past week at worst. Yeah, and sitting on now what is it, a three and a half game lead. I you know I think at this point. From here to the end of the season, especially in these three-game set, you say, all right, two out of three. You know, just it's hard That's, for to make ground up two out of three. Yep. We got we got two three-game series this week. We win them both. We've basically won the division. Yeah. But if we don't, right after that, we've got a four-game set against Miami, who's in second place at this point, three and a half games behind us. So, it, it, oddly... Everything looks like it hinges on our series with the Marlins at the end of the season. Just like we all predicted. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody expected that, right? Yeah, totally. All right, well, coming up. (laughs) That's next week for our Braves. Cam, what do you say we listen to some voicemails? Let's do it. Time to listen to your voicemails. Thank you guys, as always, for calling into the Chatting Average Hotline. If you ever want to leave us a uh, question, have any comments on what we're talking about, or just want to yell at me and Cam, you can hit us up at 678-242-9408. So without further ado, let's get into our first voicemail of the week. Hey, so uh, imagine calling yourself a friend when you keep going golfing and you don't invite your friends to go with you but you keep posting about it, flaunting it and rubbing it in their face. It's almost kind of like, like if you were lying there trying to nap, like thinking, oh man, I wish my friends would hang out. And then your friend sneaks up behind you and just rubs her butthole. Right <laughs> goes, he sneaks up like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then just leaves. <laughs> find him on twitter at tim's underscore burner uh and that message was uh, i i i think specifically for sam uh sam do, do do you have do you have any response for aaron oh hey aaron so i'm sorry about this i i, I didn't i don't mean to be affecting your life in this way i, I feel really bad but you see, I, I'm golfing every week and everything, 
And you'd think I'd be pretty good right now, but I'm terrible, and I don't want to embarrass myself in front of you. I just want the best. Want you to see the best for me. I'm scared you're gonna judge me, so I'm sorry to make you cry, but man, I'll, I'll invite you soon, okay? And we'll go. All right. All right. I'm I'm glad you were. I'm glad you guys were able to hash that out on the yes. show. That. That, uh, that's my apology. I, I I I feel really good about where where you guys' relationship is at. Thank you. Yeah, we can. I'm gonna need a follow up to this though. <laughs> <laughs> like like we're definitely gonna need to know more about this situation later. I'm not sure if Cam was laughing because of the content of that message, or he was laughing because he knows how much uh, editing I'm gonna have to. Do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have fun with that one. Oh, boy. All right. So from there, we move into our final voicemail of the week. This is from patron of the show, Mr. Josh Goldberg. Fellas, it's your favorite North Carolinian here, Josh Goldberg. Uh, Hope you guys had a great week. Going to cut straight to it. As you all know, Cam and I went out for a bachelor weekend uh, last night. Just wanting to know, what's your craziest or best bachelor stories mine has a lot to do with a screaming lady atlanta braves baseball oh my god and the cutest host in podcasting (laughs) cam i'll let him tell the story you guys have a great weekend talk to you later all right cam so you you've been set up to tell us a story what do you got yeah, so uh, uh, let's say three over three years ago now, uh, from my bachelor party weekend, uh, my all of my groomsmen, my dad and I went down to Atlanta for the weekend. We caught a Braves game where we beat the Marlins and uh, had a grand old time. Right, go back to the hotel, fun continues. We're having a good time. Uh, finally, I, I end up calling it a night as several other guys do. Well, Goldberg and a couple of other guys on the trip decide that they want to order a pizza, okay? Okay. And rather than getting the pizza delivered to the hotel in the battery, they see that there's a pizza place like two blocks away, which they see from their room, so obviously it's farther than they think it is. And so they go walking out in the uh, Atlanta streets late at night to go get a pizza, okay? And all of a sudden, as they have relayed this story to me, They're walking down the sidewalk, and up ahead of them, they see a woman, and she is screaming at the top of her lungs, Cameron! Cameron! Oh. So they start telling her that I am on the third floor of the hotel. (laughs) 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 To this day... Uh, like they're not sure exactly how or why she was screaming the name Cameron, but it's just so funny enough that that is the name that she was yelling uh, in the wee hours of the night in Atlanta. Oh my God. That's, that's Jeez. brilliant. I, I, I feel like you would have said it if the story had ended, like I wanted it to. Uh, uh-huh. And she had actually found you on the third floor. No, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, uh. Oh man. Uh, another good bachelor party story, which I think some of the folks on the timeline have seen, is uh, I got to witness Goldberg do a coffee pot chug. Oh wow, Alex! I, Alex, I actually you... saw a video of that on on the timeline. 
Yeah, so uh, seven and a half beers into a coffee pot, and Goldberg managed to chug all of it. Very nice. Also, keep in mind, too, that this is about three o'clock in the morning at this point, and we've already been drinking all night. Uh, so, yeah, Goldberg, don't don't challenge him to a drinking contest. I don't I, think I I've ever successfully shotgunned one beer alone, so <laughs> I'm in shock right now. <laughs> So the the only reason I, I feel like I might survive that kind of a contest with Goldberg is um, so so I, I went to Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. OK. Uh, and at the time, Murfreesboro was was a nothing town. Uh, this was this was 2004, and it, it's like 45 minutes south of Nashville. So if you want to do something cool, you drive up to Nashville because there's there's the school and absolutely nothing else at the time in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Since then, it's it's grown and it's become this this cool little suburban town. So on campus, uh, the the place that we would all go uh, in the evenings was this little convenience store across the street from campus. And inside of this convenience store, they had beer on draft, um, but they didn't have a, a license to sell by the drink, so they had to sell packaged alcohol that you would take out and drink elsewhere. So you may be asking yourself, well, how is that going to work with draft beer? Here's how. So they would have boxes upon boxes of, uh, of, of un empty unused milk jugs. Like like the big plastic ones that you buy a gallon of milk in. Hmm. And so so you would go in and for five dollars you could get a milk jug of natural light. Oh and my so, god! So for for the majority of what? the time I was on <laughs> on weekend evenings, uh, me and my other friends would would basically be a gang of drunken children walking around with two milk jugs of uh, draft crappy beer. Turns out a, a gallon is, is around, I, I want to say, about 11 beers. Uh, so that, that would have mercy do the trick. So for, for $10, you could buy the equivalent of 22 draft beers. Jeez. <laughs> well... You if just, I had you to live, go, you go and you get your jug for the night, and you just drink drink from the milk jug. <laughs> well, if I had to live in Tennessee, I'd probably drink like that too. <laughs> uh, especially Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in 2004. Mm. Uh, yeah, Nashville's cool. Like I'll give Nashville all the credit in the world. People are moving there left and right, and and for good reason. It's a cool town. So with that crazy story out of the way, got any bachelor party stories? Uh, I I don't. Uh, the the only my bachelor party was relatively tame, but the I, I guess the the one noteworthy aspect of it was the fact that uh that less than twelve hours into the trip that me and my groomsmen took to Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, we we were uh, cited by South Carolina police. Ooh. Um, it was it yeah because in case you were wondering what the worst Carolina is, uh, it's not North. It's the South one uh, by <laughs> yeah. a long shot. But no, yeah, no, you can't drink on the beach. What the hell is up with that? We, we did talk about this, didn't we? 
We yeah. have talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, you can't drink on the beach. None of us knew that because none of us are from South Carolina. And why would you be? We were just, <laughs> yeah, we were just running around the beach, just drinking beer straight from the can until the cops pulled up and uh, <laughs> and decided that we were the ones that they needed to to ticket. And it was like a solid, let's see, four, yeah, about four hundred dollar ticket. Oof. Yeah, so that was that was exciting, and and still the the only bachelor party story I have. It's a good okay. one. Okay, it's not bad. Sam, not bad. Sam, you got any bachelor party stories? Yeah, so I've been in two weddings. One of them, I ended up skipping the bachelor party to go to Trevor Hoffman's Hall of Fame ceremony and Chipper good Jones. <laughs> um, so then the only other one, it was my sister's wedding. So I was in her brother-in-law's wedding party, but they went to super Christian college. So all their friends were all that. So we went to a bowling alley. The one thing you can do in Poway, California and things <laughs> got wild. We played for pitchers of soda, um, <laughs> behind the back shots that went down the wrong lane. So yeah, things got pretty wild that night. I could say. Good Lord. <laughs> Luckily we made it to the wedding the next day. Oh man, yeah, that sounds rough. I'm, it's, you're lucky you weren't arrested. Yeah, I know. All, I bet all the parents at that 12 year old's birthday party next to you were getting really concerned. Oh yeah, we they had to talk to us a few times, and it, it was brutal. Jeez, <laughs> burning the city down. Yep. <laughs> and you know the bowling clo- bowling alley's closed now, so I'd like to think we had something to do with that. Yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the COVID. No, 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 never. <laughs> it was Sam and his merry band of hooligans. Though <laughs> so that's going to do it for voicemails for the week. But before we sign off, Wait, we need to did, award our players of the week. Wait, before we do that, do we have Joe's voicemail? No. Oh. As a matter of weird. fact, Sam, we don't have Joe's voicemail. Weird. Okay, so we all need to tweet right now Joe at Joseppe, what the hell? Right? All right. Yep. Same thread or different thread? Nope. All individually, and it's just going to be his tag and what the hell. All right. <clears throat> Let me know when you're ready, and I'll hit tweet. All right, All right everybody ready? Up. All right, ready? Three, two, one, tweet. Also, love you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good time. Yeah. What, what, what the hell, Joe? Oh, what the hell? Can we, can we make a new segment what the hell joe and just like read his most ridiculous tweets of the week yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> actually you know what that would be an entire podcast yeah that's true that's true we, we could start a, a separate podcast you know we could be the next john boy and have 37 podcasts under <laughs> our umbrella. yeah and this one would have to be a daily one too can't be yes. once a week <laughs> we could get an hour of content a day no problem <laughs> <laughs> So before we sign off, we have to award our players of the week. For the Atlanta Braves, we are, of course, going with the best first baseman in all of baseball, Mr. Freddie Freeman. In the last week, Freddie has had a batting average of just under 500. Three home runs, 13 RBIs, 13 hits, three doubles, and six walks. Hats off to you, Freddie Freeman. You're as good as they come. Sam, we're going to adjust right. this segment a little bit. 
We're yeah, going to so, do a Padres player of the week. What do you got? Here we go. So, of course, this was a weird week with a little postponement over the weekend. So, first, I just want to give a shout out to Denelson Lamette for his – he only got one performance this week, but went seven two-thirds with 11 strikeouts. Looked wow. filthy. Um, but player of the week, I'll give to Will Myers. He raised his batting average from 283, went over 10 points. One game, he had a grand slam and another home run. Another home run today plus another triple and a lot of runs driven in. And also he's just been the biggest surprise this year. I think really turned around with no Andy Green and really had a consistent season. So it's been another exciting week on a great season for him. All right. And and we talked about this a little bit uh, before we recorded. Uh, this is a guy that that the last couple of seasons in a row, the Padres fans were, were kind of wanting out of town, right? Exactly. I, I always liked him. I wanted to turn around, but these last two seasons, he was a trade target and I was all for it. I, I figured we given him much, we had given him enough time to turn around. It just wasn't happening. So I figured new senior would help, but we could always tell he didn't like playing for Andy Green. So I think just changing managers was all the scenery he needed and he's looking way more consistent than he's ever had. All right. Well, there you have it. Will Myers and Freddie Freeman, the Padres and Braves players of the week, respectively. And That's going to do it Freddy. for this week. What's that? Send happy birthday, Freddie. Yes. Yeah. Happy birthday, Freddie. <laughs> Jason Hayward hit a home run for Freddie <laughs> on his birthday. <laughs> Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. For Sam Nair and Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode. Bye! Bye. See you in that LCS. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.